innovations and how social media influences these innovations really got to healthcare as one of these industries kind of late. Hello, welcome to the Better Outcome Show, where we explore the possibilities of a new healthcare. Each episode, we bring you a conversation with leaders across the healthcare industry, exploring topics ranging from new treatment techniques and interventions to novel service delivery methods and business models. And now your host, Rafi Salazar from Rehab U Practice Solutions, a leader in patient engagement and retention strategy. Let's explore the possibilities of a new healthcare. Well, hello again. Welcome to another episode of the Better Outcomes Show. I'm your host, Rafi Salazar from Rehab U Practice Solutions. We are the creators of the Healthcare Positioning Alignment Workshop. So if you want to develop an effective value proposition for your innovative healthcare company, um, that is the the workshop I'd recommend you take. <laughs> you can find out more about that at positioning.rehabupracticesolutions.com. I feel like I talk about it enough. You don't need the whole pitch. Um, I am going to bring up that it is the beginning of 2024, and we've already been fielding a couple of these inquiries and questions about uh, having me come to speak or train at maybe a corporate event or an organization or a conference. We have thus set up a page that has all of that information. So if you're interested in inquiring about having me come to speak, maybe at a conference or your company, or do some training around the principles of humanizing healthcare, technology-enabled care, innovation in healthcare, et cetera, et cetera. You can find out more about that at speaking.rafisalazar.com. Um, basically, my, my goal and my aim and any of the engagements that I do on this front is to allow you and really to facilitate you receiving the tools and insights necessary to help you, your audience, or your organization move the needle towards really integrated, uh, humanized healthcare that involves maybe some innovation, integrating hybrid models of practice, or uh, various value-based reimbursement or revenue models. If that's something you're interested in, again, go to speaking.rafisalazar.com. Dot com. I've got all the information there. You don't need any more of a sales pitch from me. All right. This week, we are diving into the world of gamification, social media, um, individualized patient care using technology. Uh, this is one of those topics that kind of comes up a lot in the, the idea of gamification. You know, we got this new technology or this new platform to deliver XYZ service or treatment and it's gamifying. But there's a lot of, I'm not going to say charlatans, that's too much of a negative word, but the word gamification gamification is thrown around a lot. Um, and there are clinicians and organizations that might understand a little bit about it in principle. And then there are others that are like, what the heck does a gamified rehab environment mean, for example, in the OT and PT world? So I ended up tracking down uh, a very good guest who I'm going to introduce to you now, and we'll dive right into this conversation. But Raisa is the uh, the CEO of Healing Hand Tech, um, and they're developing a fully remote end-to-end solution for upper limb rehabilitation with a personalized game environment controlled by the clinicians or by the therapists. Currently, with their core development team, 
They're on their way to finish a functional prototype by the end of March 2024. So if you're listening to this after that date, they're probably up and running. We'll link to their uh, website in the show notes. But they basically combine a wearable technology device, a mobile game, and a remote therapeutic platform. So we have a discussion. Racy and I first got connected and we were talking about this whole idea of like B2B versus B2C to B marketing. And we talk about that a little bit in this show, but then we really dive into the ins and outs of what does gamification mean? What is the like what are the mechanisms involved in it? What does it entail? Like what does the term gamification actually mean? And then what are all the different pieces you need to have in, have in place? You know, Raysa mentions very early on, like there's a lot of focus put on the quote unquote end user, the patient in the environment or using that solution. But the reality is there's an entire, there's really two end users. And one of those end users is critically important and that would be the clinician. So we spent some time talking about some barriers that might prevent clinicians from implementing a new t- tool or technology like this. We talk about patient engagement, patient experience. We talk about the B2B versus B2C to B using and leveraging social media, building a community of care. Um, so all in all, super exciting conversation, interesting conversation. Without further ado, I will, uh, I'll let you have it. Here is Raysa from Healing Hand Tech talking about gamification, um, personalized healthcare, and building a community of care with technology. Well, hey, Raysa, welcome to the show. How are you? Um, I'm perfectly fine. Um, thank you for inviting me. Yeah, this is going to be fun. I'm looking forward to diving into this topic in particular. But before we do that, tell us a little bit about yourself, your background, and what brought you to what you're doing now. Um, well, uh, hello to everyone who is listening. I'm uh, Raisa. I'm founder um, and CEO of Healing Hand Tech. Um, in one sentence, what we're doing, what we are developing is we are a med tech prototype stage startup developing a fully remote end-to-end solution for upper limb rehabilitation after a stroke with personalized um, game environment controlled by therapists. So um, we can, we're planning to start with stroke in US when we finish the device, but we can extend uh, expand to other diagnosis later. It's uh, uh, a relatively kind of, uh, it's a strong, but uh, relatively kind of uh, crucial small team surrounded by a lot of supporters um and uh, my own background is i started as a psychologist by background but i moved over the years to um uh, product strategy like startups business and product strategy so nowadays um the the two most important things to know about myself is i love product strategy for serious gaming and that's what i specialize in and I'm very good at bootstrapping um, and kind of actually make getting uh, the resources work for you in the best possible way. Um, well, all startups can all startups can brag about that. Although, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> let's be honest about this. Um, uh, my founder Skyler, kind of the CTO, she has background in neuroprosthetics. Um, with the experience and specialization in upper extremity motor task rehabilitation. Um, amazing skills, great mindset, and we're kind of working to finish our prototype um, by March, kind of TRL6 kind of prototype that will be ready to test in clinics. And 
ready to truly change the patient experience for the better. Yeah, no, that's awesome. It's interesting, you know, talking with with a bunch of folks like y'all, it's, you know, they mention it like in Silicon Valley, like, oh, this non-technical founder thing going on. But it seems, especially in healthcare, like there's a lot of things going on. You need the clinical background and understanding and you need the coding technology standpoint. And then you need someone like you to kind of pull it all together and make it happen. So true. Um, yeah, some is, kind of, at some point, at some point you become this person, um, I guess anyone who specializes in business strategy would yeah. kind of but at least partly understand um, that you have this giant 10 dimensional scheme in your head with everything related to the product connecting together so that you will have this opportunity to connect the parts that you didn't think were actually connected or influencing each other in such a way. And I guess that's what product strategy is about after all. Yeah. Yeah. So when we talked earlier, we you'd mentioned something that was, it was just an interesting idea to me, which I had seen a little bit kind of in the background, but it, it you made it very, very clear. So a lot of times um, when we're talking about, especially like your company and companies like yours are, in the end of the day, they're B2B, right? You're, you're serving the providers, the provider organizations, those are your ultimate clients. But especially in healthcare, you've got the the end user, so to speak, is not just the clinician, it's sometimes it's the patient, right? The patient's gonna be the one experiencing the product in in real time, they're gonna be using it for their, in this case, rehabilitation after a stroke. And you mentioned the idea of the shift happening in healthcare, specifically away from like this old school B2B model of business development to more of this maybe B to C, but really B to C to B model where you're kind of attracting yeah. the patient or the customer and then using that to kind of draw in the organization. So talk a little bit about that and we'll kind of dive in as a, as we get, 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 get into it. Of course. Yeah, that sounds great. So, but, um, although I will just, uh, uh we are talking about the users. Don't forget the therapists and the health professionals. Yeah. Though. Yeah. They are often ignored when it comes to, in our case, we have, therapists controlling and being our users from the hospital and patients being our users, but both yeah, are you have two uh, extremely users, important. Yeah. yeah. And health professionals experience are often ignored, but anyway, <laughs> uh, back to your question. Um, when it comes to, at some point, again, I'm talking as the kind of, uh, uh, the 30 year old not coming originally from the medical background. So I, um, after learning everything about us healthcare all the minuses and everything at some point i realized that it started back in the past years and years and years ago with you selling like medical device as some kind of object so you sell you kind of the the purchase finished yes there is maintenance and everything but um it was kind of relatively simple then um as simple as it can be in U.S. healthcare, anyway. But um, then it is, and how it is still in many cases, um, service as a medical device. Um, you, it is a continuous process, um, especially when it comes to the software. You need subscription. You need, like, it influenced, of course, obviously the monetization models, but it influenced how the medical devices present and communicate with everyone related. But um, as it usually happens with healthcare and several other industries, innovations and how social media influences these innovations really got to 
healthcare is one of these industries kind of late, let's be yeah. honest. Um, and finally, it got to it that it's not just about uh, service anymore. It's about um, something that other industries like tech industries or especially entertainment industry um, get kind of see as one-on-one, kind of the very, very basis that you don't even need to explain. You are selling an experience and it starts and ends with an experience. Um, you are dealing with social media where you cannot ignore uh, health providers are becoming um, video bloggers and with podcasts yeah. um, and talking about the experience and talking about the problems and talking about how it is and, and so on and so on, highlighting, complaining so that you can actually find a solution for that and so on. And patients finding each other online for especially with our devices, it's especially important because stroke is a very community forming um, condition. And uh, you cannot ignore this social media anymore because whether or not you, as a medical device, as a company, participate in all this, all of this communication, all of this interaction, it's happening. You can either adapt or you can either rebuild how you communicate with the outer world as a company, or you can conform or try to survive and wait for competitors to get it for you. Exactly. or before you and that's how it it starts when you actually uh, start realizing that oh i believe it, it looks like i need to go to the gaming industry and to entertainment industry to figure out how they communicate with their um auditory be it clients be it potential clients everyone related everyone who is interested it's not just about the potential payer anymore. It doesn't, let me say that clear, it does not replace the traditional uh, nightmare of the <laughs> hundreds of thousands of different payers and you need to figure out this perfect for formula of sales channels and who is your best payer or payers, they're talking about US up to all and so on and so on. All of this nightmare stays the same. Nothing changes that. Uh, Value-based healthcare is changing yeah. that. <laughs> yeah, but it, it is another dimension that you, you absolutely perfect word here, Rafi, truly perfect dimension, because values and missions of these two dimensions, interactive and traditional, are completely different. Um, the goals, how they see the goal of healthcare and the goal of medical device and selling medical device are completely different as well. Everything is different, which becomes tragic. I was going to say ironic, but it's truly tragic how you need to pretty much tell sometimes different stories um, when you, at, at some point in one conversation, you need to highlight how I'm going to increase the billable hours, I'm going to um, help you do this and this, which is not exactly value-based healthcare, let us be honest. And in other conversations, you were going to, you're pushing for the experience, you're pushing for cost effectiveness, you're pushing for, it's, uh, you, it's still the same product. Yeah. So it's, uh, but you need to 
create absolutely different type of experience for patients, for family members and community around the patient. And they become, um, that is a totally different kind of experience, which you didn't need to think about before, yeah. right? Um, the health providers um, and payers and health professionals um, and all of the therapists, nurses, and everyone who is actually participating in the um, treatment process before and after. That would be kind of yeah overall short answer to your first it, question. Well, and it, it just highlights the complexity, right? I talk to people all the time. I'm like, well, you know, what's the best value proposition for this? And I'm like, well, it depends who, who are you talking to today? Because if you're talking to the, to the provider, they've got an entire set of requirements or expectations or things that they want to see out of a tool or software or device. And then the patient has a totally different, you know, set of expectations and the payer on top of that even has more. So, um, mm -hmm. I guess it's focused in on, um, specifically this idea of like user generated content and social media, like there's even within that realm, there's a couple different ways, right? There's the, the social media you mentioned on the provider side where providers are now running blogs or giving product reviews or, oh, I hate using this in the clinic, or I love using this in the clinic. And then there's the patient saying, oh, my therapist or my clinician used this with me and I loved it or I hated it. So let's talk about that for a little or bit. Or commenting, don't forget to, don't forget commenting the uh, inaccurate medical themed TikToks. Uh -huh. oh, that is yeah. a whole another. That is called another story, which is also a part of this whole yeah. experience in social media. Yeah, I mean it's it, it is crazy. Like we part of the part of the benefit. I love talking about like what the internet has allowed us to do. Well, it gives everybody a voice. It's decentralized communication, but that also means anybody can publish something, right? So how do you navigate that as a company? You know, trying to get your message out there, trying to get the the right people to listen and make sure that it's one evidence based or that it's accurate in this whole sea of everybody being able to kind of have a part mm -hmm. of the discourse. True. Well, um, I guess you said it yourself. You need to listen, first of all. Um, when it comes to or like properly, truly listen and uh, look at what exactly is happening around you. How it happened um, with me personally, for example, is I was um, looking how and researching. Uh, originally, it started with a very simple, primitive goal. I needed to, um, we were pivoting. I was, previous prototype didn't validate. I was uh, broken mentally and I was trying to kind of realize where to pivot and what exactly features to include and so on. And uh, I am I, I am a psychologist after all. So I went to um, Facebook and I started kind of looking through. Um, a, it started by looking for different stroke patients who could talk to me and, and I need to learn about their experience. But then again, in the end, that's why we are adding multiplayer to our product. Um, uh, in a very kind of special form, but that is a story for another day. Um, you see the stroke patients communities on Facebook. You see the stroke uh, caretakers communities on Facebook. Um, for example, stroke uh, caretakers, kind of family members and friends. Uh, these communities can be sometimes closed, so you need to be not a patient to actually join it. Yeah. And um, it's more than that. 
it's the peer-to-peer treatment, peer-to-peer rehabilitation mentoring that Facebook, these Facebook groups actually were organized for, which blew my mind. More experienced patients, uh, which are not exactly kind of kind of maybe active with uh, tech solutions and so on, but they go on Facebook, they organize these groups, they spend their time to organize this community, to find mentees and to start these communication and interaction process. And let me, let us be honest, the types of motivations and the, uh, the type of communication that another patient will one patient can allow with another is completely different compared to what um, therapists can uh, allow themselves to 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 demonstrate with uh, in the polite interaction with the patient. So that's uh, sometimes oh, don't lie to me. Of course you can do this. Come on, get up, get up from the sofa and do yeah. rehabilitate. Therapists cannot really afford that, <laughs> considering the requirements and. This is the community that you see. You see the demand. If peer-to-peer mentoring is not a cry out loud for multiplayer, um, I don't know what is. But of course, as many product strategies, uh, as many as many ideas and uh, opinions. But then again, you need to listen what exactly is happening. You need to look at what the needs to look at what how the therapists are communicating. You need to let us start with a very simple one. Don't forget about health provider, health professionals yeah. uh, experience that they, it actually needs to be comfortable um, because it will influence as a factor how exactly the patient is, is doing in the end and how their experience, uh, how comfortable is their experience. Um, and uh, to see all of these factors, to see how they, it's not just the patient as an object that you are treating. Believe it or not, surprise news, uh, patient is a living object exactly. with an opinion, no less. Can you believe this? I guess it was kind of news for healthcare industry <laughs> at some point. Oh my God, we kind of forgot about that. It has yeah. opinions. It yeah, has not just kind a of diagnosis. A, it's not just a, it's not yeah. just a stroke that we're treating. <laughs> I will tell you a secret. If the experience is actually comfortable, can you believe this? The result is better. Yeah. <laughs> How cool is that? We didn't see that one coming. Uh, that's the kind of reaction that I saw all the kind of news about, oh my God, gamification. Oh my gosh. Before it become, before it became the buzzword, yeah, um, unfortunately, but yeah, yeah, yeah. Kind of for using it just for the sake of investment rather for the sake of, um, uh, User actual engagement. clinical yeah. value, actual yeah. clinical value. Yeah. Um, oh my gosh, gamification works. Oh my God. Uh, for example, do you need a special academic research kind of, um, sorry, I will rephrase that. Um, in gaming industry, they know it as something that you don't even need to explain in a healthcare industry. You, it was kind of, kind of news, uh, kind of that came after. Uh, like an academic research telling you that if you have a narrative in the game, some kind of story that you are following, you actually have 
better interaction, uh, interaction and higher compliance with the treatment program and less fewer dropouts. It wasn't exactly kind of a surprise. If you learn from the industries that definitely know what they're doing, like gaming, like entertainment, yeah. what I what I love about the gaming industry is they've been doing it for decades. They've yeah. been they've had this thing down making, in forever. <laughs> yes, they've been figured they figured it out decades ago. They had um, they figured out, for example, one of the main uh, innovation of ours, like a healing hand, healing hand, is this personalization of the experience, personalization of the game environment of the treatment program. I looked at some point at the gaming industry, they've had personal like kind of idea that different players need different things and interested in different things in the same game. They have different rules for decades. You didn't need, yeah. you didn't need to prove that to them. You didn't need to prove to them that with the narrative, there will be um, kind of uh, uh, like easier interaction and, and so on. Although it depends on, uh, on the specific game and specific genre just to give credit to um, the gaming industry. It's far too complex to generalize everything. But um, at some point I conducted an experiment, small one, and showed the behavior change techniques to like health psychology gold uh, of like forming a habit, making it kind of help the um, for example, help the patients to change and adapt their lifestyle after uh, a diagnose and so on. Truly amazing and truly like uh, valuable thing. And then I just took the list of these behavior change techniques and showed them to very experienced um, management level game designer. Um, without even reading these was just the names of the terms no definitions no nothing um they recognized half of them immediately without even knowing they've been doing they've been creating products that are interactive enough entertaining enough for players in our case as patients to be interested enough to spend hundreds of hours using these products yeah, and millions of dollars a that, year <laughs> exactly that's the kind of compliance that we need the important difference though is that unlike gaming industry we have accessibility standards yeah gaming industry student doesn't and we unlike gaming industry we are creating these addictive what they call addictive games um we are not making it addictive to monetize or well uh, kind yeah, of monetization yeah like the the enormous time. bills come like not directly in the game at least but um we the the addictive games is not about making you monetize the game or making you pay but making you exercise more well i'm just using us as a result yeah that's the kind of um, and plus, you, you, we could, of course, stop at building just this uh, experience, uh, gamified experience and so on, and then let the patients figure it out um, later, later, like when after they already got the product. So judge just by the clinical value, 
or judge just by the therapist's um, uh, recommendation or information that they get. You cannot escape. Unfortunately, of course, in the ideal world, no pharmaceutical solutions, no medical devices, um, nothing would have been advertised to the patients directly. Because we do know, of course, all of the disadvantages and all of the risks and dangers yeah, sadly, yeah. that come from it. That's not something that will be hypocritical not to mention that. But it's not something you can escape. You will need to cancel the internet to do this. Yeah. What you, yeah, what you can do is to, to make it a method instead. Um, I will explain what I mean by this. Gamification started as a new thing to, uh, okay, let's try this. Then it slowly, step-by-step step, changed and transformed into a buzzword. Oh, wow, let us use it absolutely everywhere just because it attracts attention. Um, and yes, that created a certain filter already in people's eyes, investors, health professionals, everyone, uh, to see what is good gamification and what is bad. So gamification starting to become a clinical method that you use. You need to understand um, what exactly goal you have to use gamification and whether you are using it correctly. So as much as I can say that without kind of not actually being a, kind of a scientist by background or an engineer, it becomes um, a method that you use and that you need to properly execute if you don't want this to be a waste of money, a waste of attention, and so on. And same comes with this um, marketing or community forming um, marketing and sales activities around the medical device. You need to understand why exactly you are doing this and this goal. Am I doing this to sell it to more patients because I care about just the number of sales and not the clinical value. Like let's, uh, let's not point uh, fingers at the pharmaceutical industry here. Or are we doing this because stroke is a community forming disease? It is very important for them to understand this and we are being, and how exactly you execute this. So yeah. are we being ethical in providing all of the situation are we ethical in explaining yes it is suitable for you but not it is not exactly suitable for you please go and confirm it with your therapist and that's why revenue model style it's still b2b and marketing and sales style it's b2b2c you cannot avoid um if you cannot control it uh, lead the way then yeah. At least that kind of style. Um, but on the other hand, you still do it through health providers, through health professionals, one way or another, so that together with all of your kind of proper education and proper kind of raising awareness activities with patients and families and community around the patient to make sure that they truly understand what they need and do not spend or waste their time and money time uh, being important 
because you can lose this uh, time that you can spend on getting the better results of your uh, treatment. Um, and money, obviously, to uh, uh, on something that is not exactly for you, that you got just because of good marketing or just because the video was too, um, was too bright and too colorful for you to ignore. Um, kind of <laughs> something like that. Yeah, no, I think I want, you mentioned like the paralleling it with the, the pharmaceutical industry, but there, like there has been a lot of that in the, on the internet where it's, you know, take this pill, do this injection, do the shot, whatever it is, this thing is going to fix you. And then you've got patients coming to clinicians. Everything. Yeah. This, this thing is going to fix everything yeah, in just one pill. pill. Um, but I think, like you said, I think there's so much value in, in, obviously we go through the clinician, we educate the clinician, we show them, this is the value we can provide. This is how we're going to help your patients. But the patients are going to need to know something ahead of time as well. Right. And we need to be kind of have our foot in both worlds. So maybe we're, where we're not like steamrolling directly into the, the B to C where we're marketing directly to patients, but we might say, you know, your patient or your, your clinician might've mentioned this, or you might've seen this around the clinic and this is kind of what we do and yeah. this is how we work. And that way you're providing context for the patient while they're, you know, getting introduced to this by the clinician. Sure. I mean, it's a great way of, of handling it. Yeah. Um, so we're, we're coming to the bottom here of the, of the hour, but um, this has been awesome. If there was like one or two main takeaways you'd want, maybe for either a clinician or someone like in your shoes, maybe they're going to be doing business development for a tech company or something like that in the healthcare tech space. And they're wondering like, where do I focus my time? Like, what, what would it be for you? Um, well, the most important, like there are several takeaways, but, yeah. um, I guess first two ones is, uh, the patient kind of realized the fact you don't need to empower the patients and the community around the patient. They are already empowered. They want to find the research, the academic research. They will find any academic research yeah. and any information. That's what the internet is about. Your responsibility, like you can do nothing with it at some point. So realize that the patient and the community around patient is already empowered. Um, and take, always take this into consideration um, when you are designing the product, designing um, go-to-market sales and everything that you, um, everything around your uh, professional life as a health professional or device or um, uh, or a medical service that you will be uh, kind of developing and selling, um, just because it takes. It, it influences everything much, much more than we realize now at this stage, because we're only beginning to enter this experience as a, experience as a medical device kind of era. Um, second is don't uh, be afraid to learn and borrow from uh, other industries, yeah. industries that are professionals uh, are very good at learning how at, like at teaching you and making it fun, making it exciting, making it comfortable, making it um, uh, an experience that feels safe and uh, wonderful as a result. Um, because all of the tricks that you think you are reinventing here, 
gaming industry and entertainment industry probably realized years ago. Um, they just call it different terms. Yeah. Be aware of it. Absolutely different terms, absolutely different reflexes when it comes to professional life. So you will need, it, will, it takes time to realize, to translate between the terms you use and the terms gaming industry or like yeah, entertainment yeah. industry uses for the same thing. But once you get it, it's wonderful. And I guess the third thing is same advice I give about the gamification and um, can I call it gamified kind of game, kind of around gamification, kind of go to market strategy or something like that, kind of patient centered medical device sales, something yeah. like that. Oh, that's um, and <laughs> yeah, like patient sales, like patient value based kind of medical device sales. But anyway, you um, without forgetting about the the ethics and everything, the easiest way to approach this um, to kind of to make it structured so that you don't get lost in all of this chaos of different methods uh, of different kind of activities and different ideas that you will have you will find a lot. Consider it as a method. What is exactly the goal of using this particular method? Uh, with my device and not the other, well, applying this method and not the other. How exactly I'm going to execute this? How am I going to, am I going to measure the results of this um, of app applying this method to this particular problem or to this particular object uh, or process like uh, sales and marketing? Consider it as a method which starts always with the two questions: How am I? What exactly is the target and the goal of me doing this? And what, how am I going to execute, uh, reach this goal by applying this method? Will it actually help me? Or am I kind of, and how exactly it's going to help me? Um, that, ironically, as simple as it is, helps you to filter out the methods and the ideas that you either don't need at all or don't need at this stage. Yeah. Um, and at least helps you to apply this without, um, as I said, without getting lost. Yeah. Or overwhelmed. So to make it structured. Yeah. yeah. Overwhelmed by all of the, oh my God, it's so bright. It's TikToks and the explainer videos and webinars and everything and everything and everything. ChatGPT will give you a lot of ideas for the for the marketing when you go and ask it. And when you go, when you probably paused uh, for, during listening to our podcast or looking at it and watching it, went to ChatGPT and asked, like, give me the ideas of how gaming industry uses marketing to to sell to players. You can go there. It's going to be a long list. It's yeah, pages you don't pages need it all yeah. at the same time. <laughs> yeah, you don't like it. Ideas is not the problem. Filtering and applying it applying them at the right time um, in the right way is the what you need to to think about and while adapting it to the medical industry meaning that it's ethical and applying it as a method helps you to stay ethical stay structured um, and stay value-based which is after all this is what we are here all for yeah awesome that's going to be kind of long three takeaways. No, that's great. That's awesome. Well, Raisa, thanks so much for taking the time. Um, 
Of course. Where can people find out more about you? Connect with um, Healing Hand, um, all of all of the places where they can connect with you and see what you're working on, all of that. Um, well, first of all, you can start with uh, uh, the easiest way, I guess, will be to start with our website. It's healinghand.tech. And uh, there you can find um, information about the product, also uh, about uh, me and Skyler as the co-founders. And there you will also be able to find the our LinkedIn um, pages as well, links to them. And we are always uh, open for communication and open to um, connections. We are, I love feedback, I guess, it, it's interaction, it's interactive kind of product strategy and interactive kind of go-to-market strategy. So we're always open for feedback and opinions and people who uh, would like to take a look and maybe try. Um, so yeah, something like that. Awesome. Cool deal. Well, thanks so much. Have a good one. Thank you very much for inviting me and good day to everyone. I hope you enjoyed that conversation all about gamification, technology, social media, building a community of care, various different sales channels and marketing strategies for healthcare technology. I think one of the, the things that sticks out to me now listening to it again, uh, listening to the conversation again, is this idea, She Raisa mentioned it kind of in passing, was that like this change has occurred in healthcare, right? And this specifically speaking about a community of care being built, you know, clinicians are now social media people. They're now, they're now media personalities in a lot of cases. Um, in fact, I remember a couple months ago, one of the OTs in the clinic that I, that I own and operate, um, was looking for something, some kind of solution for a splint or something, an orthotic she was going to fabricate. And, um, the first place they went was, was, uh, Instagram to follow. There's some hand therapist that's out there cranking out videos of them making uh, these pretty cool orthotics, pretty complex orthotics. And I was like, oh man, this is, it, it was then when it hit me like, okay, clinicians are now distributing information about this. Obviously, we've always kind of had this idea of clinicians using social media, maybe to connect with maybe even each other on a professional level. But it was always like, okay, we're going to ask a question or I'm going to email somebody. But now it's like, okay, they're, they're putting this information out there and it's being consumed by other therapists or other clinicians that are using it in care. The same thing is happening with patients, right? Patients are, are walking, maybe it's a stroke survivor or something like that, walking other patients through their recovery journey and a community is building around that. And one of the things that she, that Raisa said was there was um, like, that's, that's a change that's already happened. And it's, Healthcare needs to, and healthcare organizations need to recognize that and either get on board or get left behind. You know, like I'm thinking back to, you know, Blockbuster before Netflix, you know, people were going to stream videos on the internet. They did not see that change happening and they got left behind, right? Like, I wonder what that, what the implications are going to be for healthcare organizations that fail to do a good job of really capitalizing on the opportunity that technology has and social media have created to build communities of care around maybe specific diagnoses or, or specialties or something like that. Like I think the opportunity is very, very ripe there to do things that not only 
can maybe provide additional sources of revenue for the organization, but then also improve the continuity of care. You know, peer-to-peer recovery programs, for example, are a very basic example of this, but how much of that is applicable to, you know, total hip replacements, to stroke rehabilitation, to um, blindness or ophthalmology or, you know, cancer survivorship or, or whatever you, whatever specialty. I'm sure there's a, a need and a desire there among not just clinicians looking for information, but really patients looking for um, camaraderie, for support, for that community as they're walking through that healthcare experience. And I think it poses a great opportunity for healthcare organizations moving forward. So that's just one of the things that stepped out of me. The other thing was the, the entire idea of gamification and kind of exploring what that means. So Hopefully you found the show uh, and the conversation enjoyable, insightful. If you want to follow up with Raysa or Healing Hand, I will link to all of that in the show notes. You can find that at rehabupracticesolutions.com. Uh, go to the, the podcast tab. It'll be episode 115. So you can go look at that as well and find connections for all of the connections, links to all the connection places. And if you like the show and you want to support it, Um, share the episode or an episode in our catalog with somebody that you think would find it valuable. Again, shameless plug here. If you want to learn more about the book, Better Outcomes, A Guide to Humanizing Healthcare, you can find that at book.betteroutcomes.show. All righty, until the next time, be safe, be healthy. I will talk to you then. Thanks for listening to the Better Outcomes Show, where we explore the possibilities of a new healthcare. Our hope is that you walk away from each episode informed, equipped, and empowered to push the boundaries in your own practice or business. We want to give you the tools to help you build strong, long-lasting relationships with your patients and clients, helping meet their goals, improve their health, and achieve better outcomes. Learn more at www rehabupracticesolutions.com. We'll catch you on the next episode.